Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of Business Talk. We have a tremendous show for you today. I can't wait to get to it, but I will. Just one second, because we first need to hear this word from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back on Business Talk, podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. We are talking today with uh, Tanzania, Tansy Cannon Eckerly. Uh, she is an employment law specialist with the Royal Law Firm here in Springfield and one of the co-owners of Brew Practitioners in East Lawn Meadow. How are you this morning? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me this morning. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you on. I, I must say that over the past few years, we've had a number of employment law specialists on our show, and we've had a number of brewers. I don't think, matter of fact, I'm very sure we have not had someone who does both. Uh, this is a rather unusual combination of professions. We're going to get to that in a minute, but... Uh, uh, let's talk uh, quickly about your, your work in law, because I think most people want to talk more about beer than they want to talk about law. But let's just set the stage here. <laughs> what kind of law to work do you do? So, um, like you said, I'm a law employment law specialist business side. So I actually defend corporations um, on employment matters and counsel and give them advice, um, mostly in the HR world about, you know, how to manage and navigate um, how we manage our human capital. And your schedule must be very busy during uh, the pandemic times. Uh, employment um, law lawyers I've spoken with are, are very busy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, the new regulations that come down, um, the COVID regulations and how they impact employees um, is one end of it. And then there's also how we navigate the regulations from um, the administrative side of it. So, yes, there is plenty of work to go around for sure. Okay. Enough about that. Let's talk about beer. How did you happen to get into brewing beer? I understand you're an entrepreneur. You've uh, had a number of different businesses over the years. Uh, this is something you do with your husband. Uh, tell me how it came about. Yes, sir. Um, well, the way the brewery came about is um, we were home brewers and um, had so many beers on tap at home. We decided, well, people are coming over drinking this beer. I bet we can sell some of it. <laughs> so that's initially how the, the brewery idea got started. But I have actually um, been brewing for quite some time um, since 2008 personally been brewing um but understand the business and got in the business because i i tell people all the time i was born and raised in hospitality i've been um, in the hospitality industry one way or the other um since i was 15 years old and um one of the jobs that i had while i was in college um was at a brewery it was actually rock bottom brewery was the first um, brewery job i ever had and one of the Things that you had to do in order to work there, you spent a week tasting the beer and understanding the brewery process and um, understanding um, the ingredients of beer and what makes a good beer and what makes a bad beer. And at the end of that week, 
I had figured out not only how to brew beer, what what goes into brewing beer, but which beer I liked and um and understanding the different taste profiles. So that was geez, that was many lifetimes ago it seems. And um I've been in love ever since. And when we got the opportunity um, just the idea and the space and the time to do it. We said, why not? It's a perfect place to do it in Western New England. The, the crowd is just, you know, loving it. Okay. Uh, before we get into a little more about uh, your brewery and, and, and the beers that you get into, talk about that process of taking this from hobby, if we can call it that, to business. Uh, so those who probably don't understand what a quantum leap that is and who might be thinking about it. Uh, there's a lot involved here and, and just kind of run us through how you take this from a home brewing operation to uh, one where you've got a location well, so, on the street and you're selling beer and lots of different labels and all that. Oh, absolutely. There's so many components of it. Um, there's obviously the marketing end of it, there's the front of the house end of it, you know, how it is that I'm actually going to serve it to the clients. Am I going to um, be a can only? Am I going to serve it in pints? And there's the back of the house aspect of it. When we talk about, you know, what business model we're going to utilize, you know, how big do I want to upscale from, you know, being in my garage or my back porch to actually brewing. Um, And one of the cool things about, craft brewing the small craft brewing industry is that there really is no exact way that you have to do it people approach it in many different manners we happen to have a small tap room that we actually pour our beer in pints there's other business models where you could just put it in cans and sell it that way um either sell it to you know, the re- from retail from your store front or your tap room or through the liquor stores. Um, or there's the other model where you contract brew. You actually just go to another large establishment and then you push your beer out through um, distribution channels. Um, so there's many different ways to go about it. Um, we chose to actually have an actual spot that we can um, serve it in the pint. And mostly because we love the fellowship that you get from that. Um, Once we decided what our business model was going to be, obviously it was what type of permits that we need. Right. And then what type of um, business that we were going to choose? Did we want to incorporate? Did we want to be an LLC? Um, Did we want to just operate as a partnership? We chose the LLC model um, just for the um, ease of what it takes to actually create an LLC. And because we were operating somewhat in an L- in a partnership model, but wanted to have that um, limited liability that the LLC offers you. And those are obviously just a generic approach to, you know, what, what business formation you choose. Um, that's obviously something we do here at Royal as well, um, because we do everything business wise. Um, but then after that, there's the permitting process that you have to go through. And that is very highly regulated. There's the federal level, there's the state level, and then each of the local levels. Once you choose what type of permit you want, there's retail, um, there's small farmer brewery, and then um, you can be a brewery pub which allows you certain rights once you choose that then it's okay where am I going to do this and that's where the local laws are really more robust is the town that you choose and I've actually um, worked with four different towns now on starting different businesses and that local level discretion is actually very important to get to know your local 
um, city administrators because that's pretty much where your storefront, whether it whether it sinks or swims, that's that's where it's going to start. Okay, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking with Tansy Cannon Eckerly. She is an employment law attorney and a brewer. Uh, with the she and her husband have created brew practitioners in East Lamento. Uh Can you run through the lineup uh, with us, uh, what you have on tap, uh, literally and figuratively? Then I want to talk about uh, what goes into uh, those different labels that you have and how you go about creating these flavors. Is it, is it partnership with uh, your customers? How do you take something from concept to the actual tap? So first we have our base lineup. We call them our classic six. Um, we started out, it's, we say that we have a beer for everyone. Um, so we have a blonde ale. Um, we have a pale ale. We have an amber ale, a brown ale, a stout, and an IPA that we call our classic six. All of our beers are actually named after colors to keep it simple. Um, part of our mission was to make sure that our beers weren't overly complicated, that they were simple, classic, consistent, and quality beers was what our approach was. Since that time, we've now actually anytime, sometimes have anywhere between 11 and 12 on tap, those other six being rotating ones. And how we choose those rotating ones, we have what we call the practice tab, um, which we have a meeting of the minds brewer-wise. Um, Joe and I, Joe, the um, head brewer, actually, um, we have different approaches to brewing. And I'm more of an academic approach, whereas he's more of a creative, you know, chef-like approach. And um, so we practice with different recipes, different grains, different hot profiles. And um, then we put it out there on the tap once we get one and then on the practice tap and ask what our constituents think and, you know, whether we need to tweak it, whether they like it, whether they don't like it. Um, and if they ask for it to come back, it ends up being one that's one of the rotating ones that we bring back on a consistent basis. How many are you working on at any given time? Oh, gosh. Potential um, new labels, potential uh, new offerings to your customers. You're always experimenting, I assume. Yes, constantly. Um, and the, one of the reasons why we can do that is because we're probably one of the smallest breweries um, in Western Mass. We're only a three-barrel system, which means that we turn through that beer pretty fast. And we can always, we try to always keep those six classics on because it's such a variety that everyone can find something to drink. Um, but then we, everybody usually wants something new as well. So we have to make sure we're continually trying to recreate, you know, a, a good experience for someone Um some of those rotating beers that come back are also seasonal. Um, one of the most popular beers we have is the Pink Lemonade Blonde. Um, and that was an experiment from me. It took me a couple of years to develop it. And once I finally nailed it, um, we constantly have to have it on tap, even though it's a summer beer and it's a seasonal beer, because when it leaves, people get really upset. <laughs> so we have to have okay, the pink well, on all the time. Back, back up a minute. How do you know when you've nailed it? Oh, when they just keep coming back and asking for more. Okay. And um, we're, we're very much customer-centric. Um, very much what they want, what they think. Um, because at the end of the day, that's why we're there. Um, if I were brewing the beer just for myself, <laughs> I would have stayed home in my garage. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about creating that fellowship with our neighborhood that we have and what the customers like. 
And that's also bringing that all together is having great employees. And we want to make sure that, you know, we actually choose, we're very particular about the employees that we choose. They have to, you know, fit in with our family at the brewery. And then we try to make sure that, you know, we nourish that relationship. And um, we just want to be the best employer that we can be, the best brewer that we can be, have the best customer service we can be, which starts with good beer. Okay, you're listening to Business Talk, a, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. Uh, we're talking with uh, Tansy Cannon Eckerley. She is a lawyer and a brewer. Does that what it say on your business card? Lawyer? <laughs> well, the name, Brew Practitioners, right? <laughs> yes, there we go. So talk about what the, the pan. I, I asked this question by everybody who's been on the show for the last two years that Obviously, the pandemic has, has taken a toll in some ways. People have not been going out as much. Uh, they're starting to come back. But uh, well, what has the past few years been like for people in this profession, especially the small brewers? So there were a, a couple different types of breweries when the pandemic first surfaced as going to be like a permanent thing for a while anyway. Um, there were two types of breweries. There were those that already had food, and then there were those that didn't, that used outside um, contractors, if you will, food trucks or delivery services to provide that food. For those individuals that didn't have food, it was pretty much doors closed, shut down. Um, and what that did was obviously there was a, a business stoppage for a while, which was um, detrimental. And all those funds that were available to, you know, apply for, not everybody got those funds. And then it wasn't obviously immediate. So that took a while for people to say, okay, now we have to rethink our approach to this. So what that did long term was um, for them, from what I understand, and I've not heard a lot of, at least in Western Mass, businesses that did not weather that storm, but it made us rethink our approach. And so I think for a lot of people, it changed the business model. You may have had, you know, a new line of business. If you weren't canning before, now you are. If you didn't have food offerings before, now you are. For us personally, we actually had to move locations because we had to have food to operate. And the location that we had before, the facility itself was not set up to meet that need. So we actually had to move locations, um, chose a different town, um, and it's been fabulous. So for us, even though we had a work stoppage for almost a year, um, we were able to um, jump back up and um, get going again. And what we know now is that the people, they're coming back and they're coming back in droves. And um, and we're pretty excited about it. And I hear the same thing, you know, around town um, from other brewers. We have a pretty close brethren. And um, it was a little bit of a struggle, you know, more boots on the ground personally, you know, when pe and people weren't wanting to come to work and things like that. But um, I think we're pretty much all back at it and maybe with a little bit different approach, a little more creativity, but doing what we love for sure. Okay, that phrase pent-up demand has been used with almost everything that I can think of uh, product-wise, institution-wise, event-wise. I assume it applies to beer as well. Absolutely. Right? Okay. So looking forward, uh, 2022 is looking good for you and the collection of brewers we have here in Western Massachusetts? Or Oh, I think so. I think that um, now that, you know, 
I, I can't really say post pandemic because we're still kind of here in this world. But I think that, you know, we as humans are starting to figure out how to navigate our new norm in a way that we still do the things that we want to do. And that includes going to breweries and, and join that um, fellowship. And um, I think it's, I think it's been exciting. Um, I, I know, especially like even downtown Springfield um, with White Lion opening and um, with Dewey's down there and they're out, all the outside dining just adds that that um, spirit. It's almost like you can fill it in the air. And at Brew Practitioners, we have a, a, a larger patio than what we had in Northampton. And when you open those doors, you know, it's, it just feels really good. And if people are happy to be out, I think business is going to pick up. And I think um, once those food trucks start to get rolling again, I think we're going to start seeing the festiveness of Western Mass for sure. Okay, you, you mentioned White Lion. There are a, a whole bunch of other brewers in this area. I, I assume competition is actually a good thing in this industry. I've heard that from a lot of different people. The, the more brewers we have, the more options that people have, the more this area becomes a kind of destination for people looking for these kind of beers and the industry just keeps getting bigger. Uh, at the same time, uh, competition is competition. And I've always wondered how you, you stand out here. I mean, everybody has an IPA or two or three or four and a stout and a Pilsner or two. Not everybody has a pink lemonade blonde, I imagine, but uh, everybody right. has those. How do you, how do you stand out? Well, people are trying to get my recipe, but I won't let them have it. <laughs> um, how do we stand out? Well, so competition-wise... Did I know you're a lawyer uh, to, to try and steal it? Uh, they, that, would, that would keep them at bay, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, how we stand out is, well, first of all, competition-wise, the more breweries that we have locally, it's good for that taproom setting. What it does is it clogs the um, retail space on the shelves and the grocery stores and the restaurants and things like that. So it really does depend upon what your business model is. For us, um, it doesn't clog it that much because we're mostly in the taproom. Um, and how we stand out is, you know, I honestly want to say it's our customer service. Um we love bringing that personality to the table. You know, we, we have constant meetings with our staff about, you know, the things that they want to see, how they feel. Nourishing your employees is extremely important. And when I say nourish, you know, that's with, you know, employee engagement, make sure they're educated, make sure that they have the time off that they need, make sure that, you know, that when you're working with the schedules that, you know, they're earning money because that's why they're there. And um, so our, our employees are happy. And when our employees are happy, you know, they provide good customer service and they make that other person sitting on the other side of the bar feel good. Doesn't hurt that we have the best beer in Western Massachusetts. It's a good quality beer. It's um, consistent. You know, you're, if you have a beer that you know that you love, you're going to get that beer every time you come in and it's going to taste the same. Um, so you can make, you know, you're always going to go, I'm going to go to brew practitioners. So I'm going to get that red beer that I love because it's going to taste good this week and next month and the following year. We also have a wonderful space. Um, it's lively and we've got an outdoor patio. We've got an indoor patio. We now have food offerings. Um, and the vibe that you get, I'm a big um, fan of um, the environment, you know, we are a product of our environment, they say, and I believe that it affects our mood. So we just want to make sure that, you know, we have a clean brewery, a good beer and great customer service. And that's how we've stood out, I believe. 
Okay. We'll continue. Good luck to you with Thank Lemonade, you. Blonde, and, and all your other labels. And uh, I hope 2022 is as, as good as you uh, anticipating it will be. I hope so, too. Thanks Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on today. We'll have you on down the line and, and see how you're doing. Thank you so much, George. Okay. Have a wonderful day. Okay. And you, too. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.